This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Guys. Going through all these clips, looking at the Dolphins, I mean, doing the show every week, we hear a lot of the same things in terms of, hey, you know, we know that Jalen Waddell led the league in yards per reception. We know that Tyree Kilrake second in receptions and yards. You can consider the fact that the Dolphins sent 50% of their balls, even more than that, to either Waddle or Tyreek. On top of that, one more stat before I get to the point I'm making. 974 yards from Tyreek Hill came on plays that were deemed open, where there wasn't a defender near him. Waddle, 800 of his yards came when the entire, uh, uh, again, it goes under that idea of being, quote unquote, wide open. So you consider the heavy lifting these guys can do and how awesome they've been. My question to you two is simple. Does having a, do we, should we care about having a wide receiver three in an offense in an NFL that's hey look look okay scramble and figure something else are we overestimating the importance of this wide receiver three for what the Dolphins want to accomplish considering the uses rate you have in guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle that's a good question Jake um I'm going to say that it is important I'm not on the train that ah who cares whoever gets it gets it because I think Towards the end of last season, Mike McDaniel's offense was starting to get figured out. And Tua Tungavailoa's tendencies and where he wanted to go with the football, obviously Tyreek and Jalen, that was starting to get figured out. And defenses were figuring out how to take both guys out of the play. And Tua was struggling uh, trying to counteract that. So I think getting yourself a solid third wide receiver target and using him maybe not even in a way where that receiver is getting the ball, but in a way where that receiver is allowing Tyreek or Jalen to get open um, underneath, maybe, maybe not always in the, in the intermediate or, or deep routes. I think getting that wide receiver on the field and using him effectively is actually going to unlock even more uh, potential for this Dolphins offense. And I think you'll see Tua take a step forward. I think you'll see Mike McDaniel as a play caller take a step forward if you can get the right guy or at least the right combination of guys to man that wide receiver three role. Josh, I want to ask you, Merrick brought up a great point there in terms of utilizing the wide receiver three to the best of your ability. Does that necessarily mean they got to catch the football? 
That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know that it truly does. I mean, you got Braxton Berrios, who they signed, you know, before Robbie chosen. We can sit here and we'll debate which one of those guys is going to be our wide receiver three. But when you got a guy like that, that's going to be able to work those inside routes, you know, do a little bit of that stuff that we've seen from Jarvis Landry in the past, right? Those little whip routes. He's going to be learning under Wes Welker this year. I expect Braxton Berrios to look like an entirely different slot receiver. So he's obviously going to garner some attention there. But um, I, I think, you know, just taking maybe a safety biting down there or taking away the middle of the field with a linebacker, pulling them out. I mean, that opens up those quick slants to Tua Tungvaloa, allows him to see things differently. So I don't think they necessarily got to be catching footballs, but um, I think we talked about before, between Mike Kosicki and Trent Sherfield, the Dolphins have, what, nearly 100 targets, right, combined that uh, they're going to be giving somewhere. I mean, obviously, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they had amazing seasons last year. I mean, is it crazy to expect them to – take a step back a little bit. I, I don't know if it is, but I guess the real question is which one of these wide receivers are going to step up and fill that role. Um, I'd love to say it's going to be Eric Ezukoma, right? I know that we heard a lot of good things about him. We see the the camp highlights him working out with Tua Tungvaloa, getting bigger, better. We know Braxton Berrios, they signed him to kind of be that slot guy, but all that changed, at least in my opinion, when they brought in Robbie Chose. And I know that Merrick gave me crap before when I said about how I don't know that we necessarily need DeAndre Hopkins because we got Robbie Chosen now. And uh, yeah, that is a little <laughs> bit crazy to say. Even the baby's crying, thinking about how nuts her, her father is. But um, I think he's going to be that guy that steps up and is that wide receiver three. Can do a lot of things. Had a thousand yard season a few years back with the Carolina Panthers. Um, really has never really had a quarterback quite like Tua Tungvaloa throwing him the football. So I'm excited to see what he can do with that speed. Again, adding that di different dynamic to Mike McDaniel's offense. I mean, there you go, Jake. He has that speed that can take tops off defense as well. So he's absolutely doesn't necessarily need to go out there and catch, you know, 50, 60 balls to make that type of impact that could open things up for the rest of this Dolphins offense. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, they don't necessarily need to catch footballs. And to answer my own question, I think it's going to be Robbie Chosen that steps up in that role. What do you think, Jake? There was a play against Buffalo where I saw um, Tua started looking at the left side of the field. Tyreek wasn't open. He instantly knew right away. I don't even think it was his second option. His third option was Jalen Waddle on a one-on-one -on -one to the right side. It ended up being a, a 30-yard reception or something along those lines up against the line. Could have even been a touchdown if the ball was uh, led a little bit more, but we're not here to discuss that. Uh, but, Merrick, I want to ask you, uh, to compare this to baseball just a little bit, the Dolphins using that RPO, um, obviously there isn't a lot of quarterback running in that, but the Dolphins, their fastball, their Randy Johnson fastball was using that RPO. They even did it with Skyler. Now you consider the fact that Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, these guys are meant to find those empty holes in the zone. We hear how often the Dolphins are playing against man defense. It's about 14% of the time. It is not often. When you look at Robbie Chosen, Braxton Berrios, Easy e Eric Azucoma, Onion Head said, Cedric Wilson, which one of those guys maybe fit the role of when you're trying to develop this RPO offense to be a new wrinkle? I know we like to say Chosen and Barrios kind of fit the mold of what McDaniel wants, but do we want that same thing for every single player? I think it's going to be... I think they're going to be used in different situations. I think I think that you're not asking all three of those guys to do the same things, right? You look at Robbie Chosen, you want him to go deep. And I like the idea of Robbie Chosen going deep because then it frees up Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill to run some underneath routes, and we may be able to see some more yak in this offense that you know other fan bases seem to accuse the Dolphins of having, uh, despite the fact that they didn't actually have a lot of yak, which was uh, not something that was expected going 
heading into last year. Yeah, so if you can get the ball to Tyreek and Jalen in space underneath and they can use some of that speed to get the yards after catch, that's fantastic. But to your point, Jake, I'm not going to ask Braxton Berrios to do the same because that's not what he does well. That's not where his bread is buttered, so to speak. If I want somebody to get open quickly and I want somebody to get me seven yards when it's a third and six, I'm putting Braxton Berrios on the field. He's my Wes Welker light. He's my guy that's going to get me to the sticks, catch the ball, turn around, dive forward, and get us the first down, keep the chains moving. Uh, I think Eric Ezukama is a great 50-50 ball guy if you're going by his college tape, which you would have to because, by the way, he had one catch for three yards during his rookie year. I looked it up, but actually Eric Zucaman's best year uh, at Texas Tech was in 2020 at 46 receptions for 748 yards, which is actually 16.3 yards per reception. That's really good. That's really he's a, he's another one of those deep ball receivers, intermediate route receivers. Uh, he had six touchdowns that year. He's a 50-50 ball guy. Go look up his highlights. I'm sure Josh has a, a nice cut up on his YouTube account uh, of Eric Ezukama right now. He's going to go up. He's going to grab the ball. So if I need somebody in a jump ball situation, maybe a red zone, end zone situation, I'm calling on Eric Ezukama to get the job done. So you got three different guys with three very different skill sets that can be used in all different types of scenarios for the Dolphins. So I don't think Mike McDaniel, being the, the smart guy that he is, is going to pigeonhole his offense uh, into doing just one thing by naming a wide receiver three that's going to be on the field all the time in those three wide receiver sets. I think all three of those guys, and like you said, Cedric, Cedric Wilson, if he's still on the team by the time the year starts, I think all of those guys are going to be used in, in various situations and scenarios. So you consider that Tua, 70% of his snaps, there was motion. The Dolphins ranked first in motion at the snap. And then you consider, too, 21 personnel. The Dolphins had two running backs, one tight end for 35% of snaps. That doesn't include Mike Gesicki and Durham Smythe being out there at the same time. Mike Gesicki was that big slot receiver. So, Joshua, I want to ask you, when you consider these things and you consider the Dolphins were one of the best teams at, at window dressing their plays, trying to confuse the defenses, Merrick just laid it out perfectly. Barrios, Chosen, uh, and EZE all do different things. Do you think any of these guys reach 50 targets going into next season or for next season? 50 targets. I, I'm good. Can, I'd go the under if I was putting money on that, right? I, th I think it's going to kind of be like you said. It's going to be a group effort. They're going to try to get Eric Ezekoma out there just to prove that, you know, get him some reps. And you guys keep bringing up Cedric Wilson. I mean, does he get out there on the field just based on his salary alone? I mean, it doesn't seem like the Mike McDaniel way necessarily, but this is his second year in this offense. We know he was hind hindered by injuries last season. So, um, you know, he's going to get out there and bite into that. So, I, I don't think any of these guys are going to reach 50 catches. I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, I might say – I might say Robbie chosen just to stick with that. And just because he will be that deep threat and things like that. But I like what Merrick said about Braxton Berrios being that uh, Wes Welker light and kind of being that guy where you need, you know, it's uh, third and six or something. And you know that he can work those underneath routes and find the soft spots and zones. That's going to be what Braxton Berrios does. I do think that Eric Ezekoma is kind of like a hybrid of both. He can go deep and get, go up there and get the ball, but he can also, you know, be that big bodied slot that could work the middle of the field. So, I don't know how it's going to go. That's one of the most interesting battles in camp for me, I think, is this wide receiver three position, which, like Merrick said, regardless of who wins out, it's still going to be a couple guys filling that void. And I don't know, Daywood Davis, I mean, that's an undrafted acorn that I continue to see always making plays when they post highlights on Twitter. So 
who knows who's going to come out of there, but whoever it is, they're going to work their ass off in camp and they truly have to win that spot because nothing's going to be handed to any of these guys. Although I started to think maybe Cedric Wilson gets handed some reps just because he is getting paid so much money. Merrick, I keep getting stuck on the 21 personnel, having it more than a third of your plays. And you're considered that's when you're including that Mike Kosicki was playing on the franchise tag. Do you, how do you feel about how this tight end uh, position might develop? I know we're talking about wide receiver three here, but Mike Kosicki was that guy at times for the Dolphins last year. Obviously the Dolphins wanted more. Do you think they're going to try to get other tight ends involved? The Kansas City Chiefs were incredible when they had three tight ends on the field. It is bananas to think about that they'd have a passing offense with three tight ends. But that's just kind of how you stay ahead of the curve. You know, if you have Travis Kelsey, why not hide him with two other tight ends? Do you think the Dolphins are going to lean more into this one tight end idea? Or now that you have some better blockers and Eric Saubert and Tyler Croft, could we see a little more of uh, diversifying your assets? Or is this a situation where we might get blindsided and all of a sudden Tyler Croft is on the practice squad and Eric Saubert's playing 15% of the snaps? Uh, I could literally see every scenario you just okay. laid out. I, I could make an argument for and against each and every one of them, right? I, I think we're all just kind of in the same boat right now. What's going to happen? We don't know. I don't think the tight end usage last year is indicative of what Mike McDaniel really wants to do with his tight ends. I think especially earlier in the year, he really wanted to make things work with Mike Gesicki because Mike Gesicki, and I know he, he, he draws ire from a lot of Dolphins fans right now. Mike Gesicki is a good football player, right? right? Especially as a pass catching tight end, he's good. And he's going to have a solid season for the new England Patriots. That's going to piss us all off, but it's going to happen because that's just what he does. He catches balls. He's a great pass catcher. Um, so Mike McDaniel tried to make it work. But in Mike McDaniel's offense, Gesicki's skill set wasn't what he needed. We saw that. You were just talking about uh, how Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle were some of the most open wide receivers in the league last year. They got the, the best separation. That's not Mike Gesicki's game. He doesn't get separation. He catches 50-50 balls well. Uh, he runs down the middle of the field and gets open when everybody else is covered. He does that well. But that's just not what Mike McDaniel wanted out of his tight ends. And you saw that as the year progressed as Mike Gesicki's us usage dropped off a cliff. We'll see if that's the trend that's going to continue um, after Mike McDaniel gets another full offseason under his belt. You're right. They brought in some some blocking tight ends, not really the best pass catchers uh, in Eric Saubert and, and Tyler Croft and Durham Smythe re-signed and whatnot. They're not the best pass catchers, but they're solid blockers. And Mike McDaniel has said all offseason long that he would like to run the ball more effectively. And the way you do that in an outside zone system is by having good blocking tight ends. So you could see uh, a little more uh, two tight ends, three tight ends on the field, like you were talking about, you know, mirroring what Kansas City does in an attempt to help run the ball better. But then you'll be able to, once defense is key in on that, you'll be able to run some of those play action play action passes, some of those misdirections, uh, and get the ball to these pass catching tight ends who aren't traditional pass catching tight ends, but who can catch the ball and turn up field, which we saw, you know, that happened with Durham Smythe a handful of times last year. He wasn't, you know, a world beater in that department, but maybe with an off season, another off season in Mike McDaniel's system, Smythe can become a better pass catcher and, and get some more targets and catch some more balls or 
like the other scenario you you laid out, maybe Mike McDaniel just says, F it, we don't need tight ends. I don't care about tight ends. I don't want them. That's why I went out there and got Braxton Berrios. That's why I went out there and got Robbie Chosen. And, and maybe we'll see more playing time for Ezukama. Maybe he just wants to run these three wide and four wide sets all game long and let Tua carve people up. And maybe all that talk about running the ball better or running the ball more was just uh, just something that he wanted to say to get Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson to re-sign under uh, cheaper money deals. You see, you really start to see, you really see a full picture of how Mike Kosicki didn't fit. You know, that that's a great point you made by combining the idea of how open Tyreek and Waddle were compared to Mike Kosicki, someone who is going to fight over someone. And then you consider the fact that Mike Kosicki's best running in a straight line down the field, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they're going to run sideline to sideline to find those open lanes, those open opportunities. And it's just going to be great to see this develop over time as Mike McDaniel gets those guys who are just perfect for his system hopefully these are tight ends that hey we can just stiff arm a guy it's all about breaking that one tackle and Mike Kosicki really struggled to do that Josh I want to give you the final word here do you have any final thoughts on wide receiver three and I'd love on July 5th to get your concrete no doubt set in stone food chain at wide receiver three food chain well, I, I was thinking first Merrick forgot Tanner Connor. We can't forget Tanner oh, Connor. Oh no, talking about Merrick. But then that made me realize we forgot White Lightning River Craycraft as far as a guy that could be battling there for some snaps at wide receiver three. So, um, you want a totem pole of how I? I guess I'd go Robbie Chosen, Braxton Berrios, River Craycraft, Eric Ezukoma. I hope Eric Ezukoma is higher on that list, higher on that food chain, but. Um, you know, we see that River Craycraft knows the system. Mike McDaniel obviously likes him, liked him a lot more than Trent Sherfield, apparently, because they brought him back in favor of him. So, um, yeah, I guess that'll be my hot take there. I'll have uh, Craycraft over Eric Ezukoma, but I hope to God that's not the case because last season I loved posting those highlights of Eric Ezukoma and uh, Skylar Thompson throughout preseason, you know, lighting the world's on fire, putting up ridiculous numbers. I want to see that translate. And like Merrick said, he had what, one catch for three yards? That's that's Hunter Long's stat sheet right there. Eventually, you have to use your rookies, right? Like, you can't just draft these guys and then go, oh, hey, just smile real big for your picture and sit on the bench for the whole season. Like, eventually, you're just going to have to start putting these guys in the game, right? You would think. When, when you say, do you, okay, let, let's try to shoot the shoot in the dark. Will if a rookie has to play, will it be when 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 in the season do you think the Dolphins would feel comfortable about putting someone like that into the game? Because I I don't think it'd be the first quarter. I I think something would have to be going relatively wrong. Because I'm sticking my flag in the pole of flag in the hole, not the pole. It doesn't even make sense in the in the idea of this wide receiver three doesn't matter as long as they can catch the ball. Nothing else really matters. It's the Trent Sherfield drops, the Chase Edmond drops that really just kill them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if we're if we're judging by all rookies, and I know it's not the topic today, I think Cam Smith will get some good run early on. Uh, you know, he's not going to be a starter, but he'll rotate in and out. But as far as like last year's guys, Eric Ezukama and Channing Tindall, like, I don't know, you got to play him at some point, see what you got in him, right? You got to you got to put him out there. They let Channing Tindall play for like four plays against the Bears, and then he couldn't tackle one of the fastest you know, quarterbacks in the league. So they said, get out of here. You're not, you're not good. Well, okay. Well, you're not playing against Justin Fields every single game. Maybe give him a shot against a, a slower fella like McCorkle Jones uh, and Eric Azucama. Like, I mean, dude looks good in highlights and, and in his college film. I, and I get it. The idea behind him not playing was that he came from a college system where he didn't huddle and they just held up placards of like, 
I don't know, Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. And, and that was supposed to mean something. Uh, and now he's got to learn actual football verbiage, but uh, you got a whole off season. You had last off season. Now this off season, hopefully he's up to speed. If he's not, then that should probably tell you all you need to know about Eric Azucama's future in the NFL. But like at some point, you got to let these guys show you what they got on the field. And when he got on the field in preseason, like Josh said, he was tearing it up. Eric Azucama had a great preseason. If, if, if we would have at the end of the preseason last year, if we would have done a podcast direct specifically devoted to Eric Azucama and said, how many receptions will he have? How many of us would have guessed one reception all year long? Not a single one of us. We would have put the, 100. we would have put the, yeah, we would have put the over under at like, I don't know, probably like 30, 35 balls probably. And we all probably would have taken the over based on the preseason that he had last year. Man caught one ball for three yards. He was active for one game. Uh, and they say it's because he, he couldn't pick up the system fast enough. Well, hopefully he's been able to do some homework on that. And I'd love to see him on the field because at some point we always talk about how are they going to pay these guys? How are they going to pay these guys? You know how you pay these guys? You draft good players. And you play them when they're on their rookie deals and you maximize their talent when you're not paying them big money. So at some point, we need to get these these rookies or these second-year guys on the field and, and invest some playing time in them so that you can pay your Javon Holland next offseason. You can pay your Tua Tungavailoa. You can pay your Jalen Waddle. You can get these guys under, under long money contracts. And you're not having to trade for – I don't want to say older players, you know, like Bradley Chubb was like 26 when he got traded for or whatever, but you're not trading for those players and then also giving them hundred million dollar deals. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's the only way that this Dolphins window isn't going to remain at a two year window is if you can get some younger guys in there who are contributing while they're still cheap. And, you know, we talk about Robbie Chosen being a great number one receiver in the past, he really has been. And I think he'll do great things for the Dolphins this upcoming year. But the best thing for the Miami Dolphins this upcoming year is to get Eric Ezukama on the field and let him blossom into maybe not even a star, but a solid contributor for the team so that you can allocate the money that you're giving to these other guys to your superstars who you need to pay, like Christian Wilkins, like Javon Holland, like Tua, like Zach Sealer, like all these dudes. Uh, so we need to see what we got. So I'm hoping, not predicting, but I'm hoping for a solid breakout season from Erica Zukama as a wide receiver three. Preach. Don't forget Robert Hunt. He needs to get paid too eventually. He sure does. <laughs> He's got to catch some balls. It's his time. Yeah. It's his time. I, I agree with you though with Erica Zukama. I mean, I'd rather see him out there and, you know, take that number three spot, but. I just don't know if he's going to be able to beat out those vets. Stranger things have happened. For another Dolphins podcast. Gentlemen, it was so great to sit around with you guys, talk some Dolphins football. Josh, I already cursed us once by saying I think I know what our schedule is for the rest of the uh, offseason, so I'm going to take it one step farther. The next episode in this feed should be a nursery book club, so stay tuned for that. But until next time, for another Dolphins podcast, fins up. Fins up. Fins up. Fins up. Fins up.